Our reading tonight is from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 to 12. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to dumb idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed, and no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits to another the ability to speak in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. Amen. <laughs> That's good. As I, like I said, I'm this year's old right now. <laughs> Some of you will know what I'm talking about. Um, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit tonight, and uh, there was a part of me that as I was thinking about this, I thought, oh, this would, this would be kind of a fun one to do in a panel, you know, where you sit around and people tell stories and you kind of talk stuff and take some Q&A, because the gifts of the Spirit are something that um, are not only sort of a theological thing that you read about, but they're meant to be practiced, and that's where it gets a bit tricky, right? It gets a bit tricky because we have to flesh them out in the middle of real life and in the middle of um, real relationships, real people. And um, I think all of us probably have stories of people, I hope, I hope you have a story of God, um, of God having someone pray for you or talk to you and giving you a word that just boom, hit you in that moment and in that season, and it was God, you know, you'd been praying about it, the person doesn't hardly realize what they're saying, and it just, um, it just spoke God's word into your life. But I think a lot of us probably also have stories. I have really good friends um, who struggled with fertility issues, and someone gave them a reckless word that was so damaging and so crushing. I would call it borderline demonic, how crushing it was to them. Because, and, the, and this group that they were with was well-intended, a bunch of people just on a Friday night kind of trying to lean into the Holy Spirit and try some stuff. And they ended up saying something very reckless and very hurtful to someone. And I think so, I think what we're dealing with is our people and it's relationships and we want to affirm the reality of what God can do. And at the same time, we want to do it wisely and we want to do it in a life-giving way. And as we start this series, I was thinking, uh, not this series, but as we were thinking about this, Jesus, uh, the Spirit is a Spirit of love. The, God has poured out His Spirit on us, and He reveals His love to us. And these are, um, when God pours out His Spirit, um, where we're going tonight, I'm just going to kind of lay this out at the beginning, is we serve a God who hears, we serve a God who sees, 
We serve a God who speaks and we serve a God who acts. And as we worship him and as his presence fills us, we become a people who see. We become a people who hear and listen. We become a people who speak and we become a people who act. He invites us into his work. He loves to work in people's lives. He loves to listen to them. He loves to take time for them. He notices what's going on. And then he loves to speak and act with power. And he distributes these gifts so that we can all get in on it. (laughs) Because God loves to speak and act. And then he doesn't want to do it alone. He wants us to be involved. So as I was reading through this passage I started reading, and again, one of the, maybe when I read the Bible and I'm getting ready for sermons, I'm always drawn to like weird verses. And so we're starting talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And there's this passage about you were led astray by mute idols. And I was like, what? What, what, what? Mute idols? What are we even going on about here? And um, what's, why, why, why did Paul kick off with this? But then I, I sat and thought about it for a minute. But, and what he was doing is he's making an illusion. There's this kind of theme in the Old Testament of people worshiping gods of stone. And those gods of stone, they couldn't hear, they couldn't see, they couldn't act, and they couldn't speak with power into people's lives. And, so, and he says, actually, the people that, this is a common theme. It's in, like, I think Psalm, uh, it's in two different Psalms, and it's in Isaiah 44 as well, where uh, it says that those who worship those things become like them. As you worship things that cannot hear, as you worship things that cannot see, as you worship things that cannot act or speak life, you become like those things. So he's talking, he's saying, you used to be led astray, you used to worship these things that couldn't act or speak and didn't care and didn't love, didn't love. But he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set you straight. I'm gonna, now we serve a God who hears. Now we serve a God who speaks. Now we serve a God who acts, a God who's paying attention. And so, it's, it, it, and so it, it, it wasn't so random. I thought, oh, he, Paul knows what he's doing. Or he's not just saying random stuff. It's shocking how often that occurs when you take time to think about it. Uh, <laughs> um, but again, this all comes back to this idea that this is the kind of God that we have. Now, the first thing that he gives us is himself. Because he says that the Holy Spirit allows us to say, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. See, in the beginning, whatever we want to understand the Adam and Eve story, humanity says no to God. You will not be my Lord. I will go my own way. I will be at war with you. I will do my own thing. My needs, my priorities will take priority. But in Jesus, we say yes to God. We say, Jesus, I will follow you. I will lay down my life. I will surrender. And it's in surrender that our lives find victory. It's in losing our lives that we find ourselves. And, it's, uh, and, the, and the interesting thing is, is that as we surrender our lives and let God fill us, he gives each of us a unique gift so that we can serve the world. So the Holy Spirit comes into us as we surrender ourselves to him, we are each given something unique to share. Again, it's these amazing paradoxes of, of connecting with God that in one sense we surrender our will to him and yet we find our individuality in our surrender to him. It's this amazing stuff that we see in scripture, God both affirming his love and connection to us and his place as creator and at the same time affirming our individuality and worth. Now, as we 
Yeah, keep going here. It says that each person is given a different gift for the common good. See, no person has all the gifts. But what happens is when we're given these gifts, we're driven to be dependent on God. But also when we're given gifts, this is the really interesting thing, because he says he distributes the gifts, but we're, we, and then if actually the, the verse after verse 11 is verse 12, we're the body of Christ, each different body part having a different role to play in the community of faith. But we're, um, because they're his gifts, we're driven to dependence and hu- uh, hu- humble dependence upon him. But the other thing that happens is we're driven to interdependence on one another. See, you have a gift that I need. I have a gift, hopefully, that you need. And together, as we work together, we are the body of Christ. No single person has all the gifts. The gifts are not to be for exaltation and isolation, but they're meant to be for depend, interdependence and relationship. They're supposed to drive us into interrelationship. And even those who have sort of flashy gifts or uh, very noticeable gifts, still need all the other gifts. And, they, and as they are recognizing their own gifts, they need to be driven into deeper humility and deeper interdependence with other people with different kinds of gifts. Um, because, again, the Bible says no one has all the gifts. And to be a manifestation of Jesus' presence, we have to be working together. The, as we, we need to humbly accept our role in the, in the body, but then not elevate it beyond what it needs to be. It's both really important, but also can only be exercised in relationship to others. And this is what we've seen, it seems, happen with some really tragic things over the last few years. I I don't know about you, but um, I personally was very impacted by Ravi Zacharias' ministry. He wrote a book that deeply influenced me uh, like 20 years ago. Um, There's a guy named Bill Hybels. There's there's loads of these guys who, who who somehow allowed their particular gifts to to warp their mindset that somehow instead of their gifts driving them to be uh, to recognize their need for other kinds of gifting around them they begin to elevate their own sort of uh, level of gifting in their own mind that they did they thought they didn't need other gifting rather than recognizing their gift as something to share with the body and to make them dependent for to share with others and then to be dependent on the others for them they chose to make it something for exaltation and isolation, which ultimately, brought, ultimately brings about destruction in their lives. Um, the other thing about these gifts is it says the Spirit distributes them. The Spirit distributes them. The gifts you have from the Spirit, so it says every person in here, if you are a person who belongs to Jesus, if you are God's child, the Holy Spirit has filled you and he's given you a gift. Don't despise your gift. Don't despise your gift. Exercise your gift with faith and with passion. So I want to tell a story of when I was in New Jersey, there was a a woman who was in uh, our student ministry, and her name was Wanda Stansbury. And Wanda Stansbury uh, had a passion for literacy for children. And so she, uh, she's an African-American woman, and just 20 minutes from one of the most affluent areas of, 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 of the country, Princeton, New Jersey, like average home price is like a million dollars. Uh, 
14 minutes from Princeton is one of the most, uh, like some really impoverished areas. And, but Wanda decided she was going to get involved in Trenton, New Jersey and make a difference. But what happened was God put on her heart child literacy. And so Wanda Stansbury began collecting books, and she started a literacy center. But what happened in this little literacy center, as she began to teach children to read, as she began collecting books for children to read, because she saw there was this word gap. If you grew up in poverty, you, as you went to school, there were thousands and thousands of words. You were already thousands of words behind if you, came, if you went to school and you'd been and grew up in an impoverished family. And so she just started doing these, handing out books in the neighborhood, and she started this uh, literacy center, but then families started coming in. They'd have a meal. They would do homework together. Then they'd all pull their kids in their laps and begin reading to them. But she was empowered by the Holy Spirit to do something with literacy, and she began mentoring. When I left her, this is about right before I came here, about four or five years ago, there were 60 families she was touching, and she wasn't trying to change the whole town. She said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to 100 families, but she's in all kinds of schools. She's received sort of national awards, and but she started off just working on literacy. And, it see, and you can say, oh, literacy, what are you going to do? How can you change your life? What? That's not a big deal. She chose one thing and began to minister to people in that passion of hers. And as she began to, the Holy Spirit, and I would say, um, and again, we as Christians, hopefully we can understand because there's this list, list that we have, which is sort of these word gifts and faith and acts of power and healing and prophecy. But there's another list that talks about acts of mercy, acts of service, um, administration, leadership. And sometimes we don't, we see these things as uh, manifestations of our personality. And it could be partly that. But there's a Holy Spirit empowering that can come on us that as we get animated and passionate about certain issues, God is doing something beyond our mere administrative gift or our desire to teach or we love little kids or whatever that might be. Something is happening. And I would just say when I saw this woman, Wanda Stansbury, start working, I remember going down and just volunteering a little bit down there and just being like almost in tears as I left about she would just have these groups of uh, dads, you know, dads and moms and children, you know, again, eating tea together, doing homework together. She was like uh, mentoring, had all these women under her wing, these men under their wing and transforming their lives. I remember one woman was teaching her child to read ostensibly, but she was learning to read. But she was transforming a neighborhood. She was transforming a, a she was doing the, the nuts and bolts work of societal transformation by being faithful with what the Holy Spirit had done in her, which is a passion for literacy. And so sometimes we think of the Holy Spirit as working in these days. And I'm, you know, I, I tend to work in a church and I'm a verbal person and prophetic gifts and praying gifts and healing gifts, that's the stuff that I'm kind of more familiar with. But as we look around, don't despise what the Lord has put in your heart. You may think like, oh, that's no big deal. What if she thought, oh, literacy? What? Child literacy? What, what's that all about? But child literacy and being passionate about it and taking those steps led, like it was like this plant that grew into this, something amazing. So that actually when during the George Floyd protest, well, well, I'll say that, during the George Floyd protest last year, I was like, 
I thought, who can I give to? What can I do? And I thought, I'm going to give to Wanda Stansberry. I know her. I know the work she's doing. I know I can trust her. I know what she, you know, there were so many, and and I feel like I started telling that story, and I wasn't trying to make myself the hero of that story. She's the hero of the story, uh, which is obvious. Uh, (laughs) You can laugh at me. It's okay. I talk myself into these holes sometimes. This is part of Nate right there. (laughs) I talk myself into these like crazy rabbit trails. Um, this Holy Spirit distributes gifts. And as you're faithful with the thing God has given you, you never know what that could be and where that could end up. So, you know, what are these gifts? You know, again, there are these, as we're looking at these things, there's all these lists of wisdom, knowledge, faith, prophecy, acts of, acts of power, healing, discerning spirits, teaching, administration, leadership, encouraging, giving, leading, being merciful. There's even apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But even those gifts explicitly are for the building up of the church, not for the exaltation of the person. And but I just want to make a couple comments. What are the gifts? What's the point? They're not means to control. They're not Christian wizardry. We're not going to the Hogwarts School of Ministry. <laughs> gifts are exercised in faith, which means Jesus is Lord, which means we're tr- they're exercised in surrender to him. It's this, it, we're not trying to find power to wield we're trying to learn to trust and tune in to God. Jesus, when he went on earth, the book, Gospel of John talks about how Jesus says, um, I only do what I see the Father doing. Jesus said, abide in me as I abide in the Father. And then you can pray for whatever you want and you'll, it'll be done. But it's not because you're just praying for wishful thinking or wanting the lottery ticket. What you're doing is you're so tuned in to Jesus, you know what he wants, you know what's on his heart, what's, acting in, what's, what's going on with him, you're listening to him that you begin to be in tune with him, and you, as you listen to him, you begin to act. Um, the gifts are means to serve others and be interdependent. They're not meant to be ex- the exaltation of the individual. Um, and so these things, God offers these things. Now, I want to maybe tell one or two stories, because I do feel like this needs to be fleshed out. We need to kind of think about how this might work in real life. And part of it's I've talked about the sort of not deciding that there are gifts like mercy, there are gifts like serving. And I've talked about the Wanda Stansberry who, who didn't despise her gift and began working at it. And God has done amazing things through that. But I also want to talk about as believers, as we're going through um, us being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. Again, if you are a believer and you've given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit's at work in you. And I think sometimes we dismiss things that we probably shouldn't dismiss, that we need to pay attention to, to certain things. And, and actually, at the end of the night, I'm going to challenge you to take a few minutes and have somebody come, you know, ask God to put somebody in your heart, and then ask you maybe, what do I need to do for that person? Do I need to send them a text? Do I need to write them a card? Take them out for lunch? Do I need to stop by and help them with some gardening? I don't know what it might be. But I want you to be thinking about this. But part of this is learning to listen to the nudges of the Holy Spirit and then exercising these things wisely. Um, I'm going to tell a story that I've told many times. I'm sorry to youth workers and youth who are maybe here. They've heard this story before. Sorry. But um, one time I got on an airplane, 
got in the back of the airplane. Uh, la- you know, middle seat back row. You can't even lean back. Man, you hit, that, isn't that the worst? <laughs> you get on an airplane. And uh, as I sat down, there's a guy next to me. And as I sat down, I felt like, whoa, I felt like I needed to share God's word. I felt like I needed to share the gospel with him or something. And I didn't, that's not something that happens to me every time I get on an airplane. I felt this nudge. Of course, I didn't want to Bible bash him. I didn't want to just be like, the Lord says. So I pulled out, you know, I pulled out my Bible and started to, you know, do something. I thought, I'll start a conversation. Again, let's demystify these things a bit. You feel a nudge of the Holy Spirit. You're, maybe you're at work colleague has something going on. Like I said, I just kind of felt like, hey, I should talk, talk to this guy. He's about my age. This was a few years ago. He was early 30s, back when I was early 30s. And uh, as I sat down, uh, I just started a conversation with him. And as we were talking, he was uh, dating somebody who had a kid. I was certainly, I was single at that time. I was in my early 30s. And that was something that could happen in my life. I thought, oh, what's it like dating somebody with a kid? And how's that going? Is it going well? And and then he, apparently they're having problems in their relationship. And, I, and so I thought, okay, here's my moment. I felt like I'd kind of had this conversation. And so I kind of thought I could casually throw this in there. I thought it wasn't too whacked out, too weird. I said, hey, when I'm in trouble, sometimes I pray. I just kind of threw it out there, a little bit of bait to see if he would take it. And uh, like I said, I just felt like this strong urge. I don't normally get this. But as soon as I said that, the conversation changed. Boom. He just turned to me and he stopped and he just said, do you think a person could have done so many bad things God will never forgive them? And he just, he'd been somebody, he'd been to church, he'd been close to God at one point in his life and he'd just gotten far away and he was struggling with it. And so I just, man, we ended up having this really serious conversation about how God can draw him close and God loved him and God was still working in his life. And as the plane touched down, He said to me, I've been thinking about this for three days. I've been wondering whether God could ever forgive me. Now, when I got on the next, this was, I think I was flying home for Christmas, and when I got on the plane to go back, I remember, I can remember this distinctly, I got on the plane and I kind of looked at the person next to me, and it was this woman with knitting needles kind of doing her thing. (laughs) And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't see anything there. (laughs) And nothing happened, you know. But what, now was that me exercising, was that me exercising some sort of innate power? No. God was at work in this guy's life. And somehow, again, God nudged my spirit, and, and I just tried to respond with wisdom, you know, and just start a conversation with them. And so I'd encourage you that as you're at work, tune into what the Holy Spirit might be nudging you with. And again, I think that all of us function in different ways. Some of us are verbal people. We're really, it's really easy to have a conversation, maybe even to go deep. I used to have a friend of mine. We'd go through like the grocery store line and like, we used to tease him, his name was Blake. Uh, uh, he'd go, we'd go through the grocery store line and uh, suddenly the person on the other end would start pouring their heart out to him. I'd be like, what, what did you say to her? You know, and he'd be like, I don't know. But you know, I mean, people just open up to this guy all the time. He had a gift for just having deep conversations. Some of you though, again, you know, you're going through your day and someone gets on your heart. And like, instead of just like dismissing that or just saying a prayer, ask God, hey, is there something else I can do? Should I send them a text? Um, should I write them a note? Maybe I need to ask that person out for lunch. Maybe I just need to check in, hey, how are things going? And I think it's because if you are filled with the Spirit of God, God is at work in you. God is at work in you. And, for, and, 
And then the cool thing that as you try these things and you step out of them, God often does work. And he is working through the Holy Spirit's present in you. And I think actually as we open ourselves up to these things, more and more happen. Just one or two other stories. One is Val and I were one time, uh, I was entering into a new situation and, and someone said to me, hey, this is going to be a bit hard, but God is with you. He's placed you in this situation for a, for a reason. And I had been, uh, for a variety of reasons, I'd been fasting and praying and wondering if this was really the right thing for me. And this guy came to me, just came, like again, I'd been fasting, I'd been praying, I'd been struggling because I thought the situation might look hard. And, and God just said, no, no, this looks hard, but, but I've actually put you here, it's going to be really great. And this guy just spoke this word out of nowhere to me, and it meant so much to me. And some of you have prophetic gifts like that, and those can be, can be so timely. Um, uh, that was what I would call a buckle up word. <laughs> and I was I kind of, but there was another time uh, Val and I were uh, moving into a season not too dissimilar to this one where we were going through transitions. Um, and someone came up to me and said, God, I just have this word because we were stepping out in faith. It was actually, I wasn't stepping into a new job. I was kind of going back to theological college and she was working and we weren't sure we had all the money we needed. And some guy came up to me and said, Nate, I just feel like God's going to bring the two words are abundance and stability. So, and I was like, yeah, abundance and stability, yay. I got in the car, and you know, with Val and I was like, I love those abundance and stability words rather than the buckle up, here we go words. But you know what? God has given me both. There are times in my life when God has given me, you know, and actually in that season, God didn't provide like big checks in the mail, but what he did provide was a really great part-time job where I earned really good money that helped Val and I get through that season. He gave me a really great job to work. Uh, it was just a little part-time job. Um, but again, there was another time when I got what I, you know, like the buckle up word, like, hey, this is going to be hard, but I'm with you. This is part of my plan. And again, so verbal words, words of encouragement, these matter, you know, acts of service, paying attention to your gifts, what's going on. God wants to work through you. And if you are, full, you know, if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. And what we just need to do is pay attention and lean into it and hear the voice of God. He's speaking. Are you listening? And I believe the Holy Spirit, in, and again, how he's going to speak to Josh or to me or to you, yeah, I don't know. It's different for everybody, but you, you can learn to uh, hear the voice of God. And so actually, we're just going to, um, I'm going to close this off in a very practical way tonight, which is, I want us to, if the band wants to come up, we can come up um, and play some Jesus background music, because <laughs> that's what we do as charismatics, is play the little Jesus. Jesus. Actually, if you read in the Bible, Elijah said he's going to prophesy, and he's like, hey, somebody get me a harp. I need to do some, I need to do some prophesying. Somebody play a little harp for me. Um, so it's biblical. It's biblical. Um, what I want you to do is right now, um, take a minute, and let's just take like one, two, three minutes. And say, Lord, is there somebody that's, that you want to put on my heart? And then there's a second question is, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And again, maybe you're the kind of person that you love doing things for people. And maybe you're going to make them a meal, or you're going to help them with some gardening, or maybe you're going to write them a, but maybe you love words, or you're going to write them a, you like writing notes. I don't know what it is. Or you're going to invite them out for lunch. But the first question is, so let's just start with this first question. Is there somebody God wants to put on your heart right now? Is there somebody God wants to put on your heart right now? 
We serve a God who hears, he sees, he's a noticer. He's a God who pays attention, but then he speaks and he acts in power. Now, how does God want you to speak or act in power as God has put someone on your heart? He's given you his gifts. There's this last thing, because this, this ended up being more emphasized in my sermon than I, than I expected to. I feel like somebody here is maybe despising their gift. You'd like a flashier gift or a cooler gift, but God has laid something on your heart that you're good at and that connects with people. And he's like, do not despise my gift. This is from me. I've put this in you, and I will touch lives if you will give this to me. If you are faithful in the small things and just... Let my Holy Spirit fill this. You will make an impact. 